Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Memphis, Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, April the 7th, 2021. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter, We Agnostics, on page 48. At the bottom of the page, the fourth paragraph, that begins the prosaic steel girder. And we'll be sharing and uh, reading and sharing on that one paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy C., the 12 Traditions, Nina R., and our readers of the text are Reba P., Barbara E., Devora F., our newcomer greeters, Tanya G., and the host for the second hour is Sandy W., and thank you all for your service today. The reference numbers for yesterday Tuesday, April the 6th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,711. That's 16711. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 16,712. That's 16712. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy C. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy C., gratefully recovered from Ann Arbor, Michigan, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy C. And I will now ask Nina R. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. It's Nina R. from New York City. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends OA unity. Tradition two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Tradition three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop compulsively eating. Tradition four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Tradition five, each group has but one primary purpose, purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Tradition eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Tradition nine, OA as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Tradition 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Tradition 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be a service. Thank you, Nina R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter We Agnostics on page 47, the fourth paragraph beginning the prosaic steel girder. And I'll now ask Reva P. to please get us started. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. The prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws 
and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world, life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence, right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface. And we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. We read wordy books and indulge in it out in my book, in windy arguments, thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. So this is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So what this is um, explaining to me, it's elaborating and illustrating how outward appearances are not inward reality at all. So this um, common steel beam looks like it's totally lifeless. It's just a blob of steel. Um, but actually, if I study physics, I find out that there's a whole bunch of life going on in that beam. And there's all these electrons orbiting around nuclei, and there's like a whole life form going on there. So it looks like it's lifeless and nothing, um, but it isn't. Um, and it's using the comparison to tell me, you know, when I first um, was coming into program, I was also told about a well-known research-based in a teaching hospital um, treatment program um, for um, eating disorders, and that seemed so credible. You know, outward appearance, research, evidence, all that stuff. And not to say that that wasn't helpful, but OA sounded mushy and weird um, and sort of airy-fairy with the whole God thing. Um, and, you know, it turned out to be a lot more um, powerful in my life um, than the other program, um, even though that was useful. Um, so this is reminding me, you know, I know I need God when I get to step two. I know I have gotten powerless and I need a higher power, but sometimes I really doubt that God and power can do for me what I haven't been able to do for myself with the food and in other areas of my life. And I think this is getting me to a place where step one is I can't do this anymore. I can't manage things. And this is giving me like a little bit of an opening of a door, maybe, just maybe, maybe just consider that there is something bigger than me that's not me that can do this thing, that can create these miracles that I see when I walk into a room um, in a recovered meeting. Um, and you know, in recovery, I also have to apply this too because I don't always see God if I'm blocked certainly by the food and I'm busy with my defects and my selfishness, I can't see the miracles in front of my face. And it looks like the steel beam, like there's nothing positive, there's nothing miraculous. But by putting the food down and constantly, constantly doing the 10, 11, 12s, clearing, clearing the fog from my vision, we get a new set of glasses and I see, wow, look at this, look at that. In in the challenges, in sometimes even the negative circumstances of life, 
there is God always there. Um, I just can't see it unless my vision gets cleared by doing the work constantly. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reva P. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on Monday or Tuesday on any of the meetings, if you'll hold back and let others share. And now uh, the line's open for who'd like to share. Karen L. Ooh, I heard Karen K. I heard Nancy P. Okay, hang on. Somebody L and Nancy P. Just a second. Okay, Karen K. Barbara E. Somebody L. Dara L. Dara, thank you. Dara L. Nancy P. I can take a couple more. Russ M. And I heard another female voice. Yes, Eileen D. Eileen. Eileen B. Okay, great lineup. We have Karen K., Barbara E., Dara L., Nancy P., Russ M., and Eileen B. So, Karen, please get us going. Good morning. I'm Karen K., uh, Recovery Compulsive Leader from Syracuse, New York, and my credit zone transfer. Well, I, I look at the world, the word of a you know, the steel beam and um, how it supports. And um, I was told if I don't talk about it, I'm not going to get better. Um, Friday, my car was totaled. So I'm looking at the beam of the uh, supports that puts the car together. I was dragged uh, 50 feet. Uh, I was told by the ER that rightly, if I did not have my seatbelt on, I would be dead. And it stopped in front of the Basilica here in Syracuse, New York. Uh, that's where I was dropped. And um, I'm really not, I, I mean, I'm very agnostic right now in this area. How is it going to work out? Is it going to work out at all? Um, I, I can't see computer screens right now. Um, <laughs> lovely first share, huh? Uh, it's hard for me to text. Um, I'm learning to take a, a step back. I don't, um, I don't need to uh, be Zooming every day. I, I'm, I'm not able to do that. Everything has to be done by phone. And I'm sleeping most of the day. But I know some sliver of faith is there in my life, some sliver of hope that it's going to be okay. I do not have to believe in God or we agnostics or any of this 24-7. I'm a human being that's going to get frightened, that's not going to trust, and it's going to pass, and it's going to get better. And, and I didn't have to eat through any of this. You know, uh, the one person I send my food into, she's off doing an, an adventure right now. And so thank God for my local OA sponsor that I'm able to work with her and process what's going through with me and also in another special 12-step fellowship. So I wish you all a happy Wednesday. And with that, I will pass. Thank God I am alive. Thank you, Karen. Um, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Dara L. Good morning, everyone. Barbara E., I'm glad you're alive, too. Well, people do love to debate and even argue, and sometimes quite vigorously, about the existence of God. Some believe that there's a powerful being that we can't see and we have no concrete proof of. And others, like astronomers, believe in the Big Bang Theory. Science tells us so. 
that the universe was created during a massive explosion that created all kinds of matter that created the world as we know it. A perfectly logical assumption. It makes sense to me as a rational person, but I do believe that there's a powerful guiding creative intelligence in in the spiritual world out there looking out for me and pulling me like a magnet to be my best self. And we can still continue to argue the theory, like which came first, the chicken or the egg. Or I can simply choose to believe that there's some power with a capital P that is guiding me. It really makes no difference for me, the chicken or the egg. Because as far as I'm concerned, if I follow all the guidelines outlined in this book, it will guide me to lead um, to be a more esteemable person. Whether there's a real God up in the sky guiding us or simply the powers of good that we learn to surrender to. I have a problem. It's with food and life. And there is a solution that required some drastic action on my part. To give up my desire to control, to accept the sun doesn't revolve around me, to place my trust in the hands of this powerful power that led me to shed the weight and to learn to be a better person slowly and imperfectly and to think less about me and my needs and more about you and how I can be of service. It really doesn't matter which theory is right. For me, and I'm speaking only for me, I do believe that there's a powerful guiding creative force out there that guided me to OA after I'd wandered in the desert of all the many diets and crazy bad things I did to try and control my compulsion to destroy my life and the happiness of my family. My Epi told me about a new diet called Overeaters Anonymous, Anonymous that she was planning to try, and I said to go with her. I'd go with her. And when I heard they were saying something about a three-legged stool, I was skeptical, but they were so sincere, and they told their stories, which were mine too. I felt I was home. So I stayed for six meetings and countless more, and the miracle did happen. I'll just finish this sentence. Because it's been 24 years now, and I've never stopped believing that there is a power that saved me and can save you too if you're willing to do the work. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And Dara L., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Great. Thank you so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And I just actually wanted to share on the last sentence. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. And I'm reminded of every time that I've ever relapsed. and uh, every, every time that I've ever relapsed, that was my thought process was, is this all there is? You know, what is the meaning of this? This is nothing. This, isn't, this doesn't matter. You know, it's irrelevant. I'm irrelevant. I hate myself. I hate the world. Um, you know, life sucks and then you die. And that was, that was my thinking process. And, you know, I can share 
today that that thinking process for me happened when things were horrible, you know, and I could point to that and be like, oh, you see, life is horrible. Life is horrible. You know, the world is horrible. Um, but the more painful things that happened to me were actually when everything outside and often my own body uh, looked really good. And, um, and I was operating in this life and people were telling me that I was supposed to be happy and I couldn't figure out why everyone else felt okay and inside I felt like I was dying and food was the solution to that you know and for you know and for me purging and anorexia and all of that was the solution to that because I just kept feeling like all of this is meaningless like all of it is meaningless and I kept trying to change my outer conditions so that I would feel better on the inside. And recovery is such a beautiful process because it's the exact opposite where I invite God inside myself. You know, I invite light into the darkest spaces and suddenly I feel like there's a sense of purpose and meaning and belonging and love and it has nothing to do with my external circumstances. You know, job or no job, wife or no wife. You know, like today, life means everything. And I have no idea why that reversal happened. I can't explain it to you. I can't give it to someone. I couldn't even give it to myself. But, you know, all I know is that my inward reality today is different, um, regardless of my external circumstances. And I am blessed that I have relapsed with wonderful external circumstances and horrible external circumstances. And so today I know that my only answer comes from a power greater than me um, and my willingness to invite that power in on a daily, you know, moment by moment basis. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Dara L. And Nancy P., you're up, followed by Russ M. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you for letting me share. Nancy P. from uh, West Newton, Massachusetts. I'm just setting my timer. Um, and go. Okay. So, yeah, I have no um, – I'm not really into God. I'm pretty agnostic still today and happily, joyfully so. Yet I'm recovered and I I don't – worry. I mean, yes, I have no knowledge. I don't care about God. But I absolutely believe that whatever is running my life, it isn't me. And that's as my, that's hard stop right there. I don't care about anything else. You know, I don't care what I don't care what it is. I don't care about any of it. All I care is that I live among, you know, um, by spiritual principles and um, and that I do the next right thing. And, you know, when I sponsor people, it talks about how you know, the, the idea that we have an allergy interests us. And I have this note here in my book about, um, you know, the Holmesian method when you discount everything, when you, when you consider all of the data and you discount the impossible, whatever is left, however improbable must be the truth. This is sort of where I am with this paragraph. Like, yeah, I don't really care what it is, but I know that the truth is that it, that it isn't me. And that's the only requirement. I don't, I'm perfectly, I'm not in conflict with anybody's, anybody else's or any religious or any other kind of spiritual belief. I don't care. The only thing that I care about is that I'm free from obsession. I don't pollute my body with allergens and that I'm serene and, um, and um, happy. And, you know, it's, I have um, no problem with um, 
life originating out of nothing, meaning nothing and proceeding nowhere. I don't care because it either is that way or it isn't. It doesn't, it's not going to change the way that I behave. And, you know, I ha I work with scientists and um, I've worked with biological, you know, life science and, and astronomer, um, you know, uh, astronomers and uh, radio astronomers. And, um, you know, they're all of a, um, they approach things completely clinically, not at all from any kind of um, spiritual process. And even them, even they have no conflict with, with this stuff because they say it's just outside their purview. Um, and I would say that if I had to quantify my sense of what this thing is, it would be the sense of wonder itself that I sort of live within. I still can't believe how lucky I am I don't care what it is. It's like the goose that laid the golden egg. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna slaughter it to see what's inside, so that I can get more gold. I'm just gonna let it lay the golden egg every day. And um, yeah, I, I think that my whole life is part of nature's beauty, and I don't need to question it at all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And Russ M. You're up, followed by Eileen B. Good morning. Thank you very much for your service, Russ Sam, Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. So, first off, what is a Pro 6 Steel Girder? I can't wrap my head around that. All, all these times I've been read this book, I don't know what the heck that is. I can't. Okay, whatever. You get what I'm saying. You know, I, I think of this, how smart of a guy I am. So intelligent and humble, too, right? These letters behind my name, I busted my. I had all these experiences. Yet, you know, my life was in shambles for about, for the majority of my life, right? Because it all stopped at me. It all stopped at me. I'm a big Christian to a point. Till I can't control things. Till I can't manage life. And uh, you know, I, I look at it, and I, you know, you get that. The, you remember the pros and cons thing? You get a sheet of paper. You put, you know, good and bad, and you you weigh out your options. I look at that with my life prior to program and now being immersed in program what's the difference why am i living a a a, a regular life now and not being a, a total train wreck what's the difference there's something else there was surrender me being doofless as my dad got rest his soul would say so you're a smart kid but you're pretty damn doofless you don't you don't, you can't take direction and you, you know you don't have a, a you ain't that smart basically for me, being in program and out of program, the difference is God. That's it. Surrender, failure, giving my life over to God, doing what this program asks of us, us to do. What's the difference? Because I still doubt. No, I'm free. Thank God for four and a half years, right? I'm free. But I still think in my mind, is this a BS story? Is this just a way of distracting me? Is this just a anecdote? And I'm staying on a diet. And then I look at my life, relationships being restored. I, I mean, really, I, I mean, I'm living a life that I can never believe. Even with the hardships and struggles and battles and my rage and my anger, everything that comes with it. But I'm not really hurting as many as people. as I'm getting better is what I'm saying. I'm being regular. So what's the difference? The difference is there's a power that I had to surrender to that I had to give my life, and I have to give my life every day to this power, which I call God, to live 
just to live, not to be great, not to not to have everything in the world, the rainbows and unicorns, just to be a regular person. And, man, it's something else. So there's something bigger than me. I know that. On my on my own, uh, what is, what's that uh, saying, you know, by my own accord, I got jammed up, cost a lot of money, hurt a lot of people, and was dying, was dying. So thank you for letting me share. Love you guys. You have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ M. And Eileen B., you're up. Good morning. Thank you. Um, this is Eileen D., sorry, D as in David, uh, from Maryland, uh, recovery compulsive overeater. Um, thank you. All the shares have been so amazing and thoughtful and uh, worthy of thought for me to think about during the day. Um, I love this paragraph. Uh, I, I love how it talks about the, the massive electrons and tiny bodies governed by precise laws, and the laws hold true throughout the material world. Um, last week, I had the the uh, I was on I was on spring break, so I had the pleasure of going with some friends to New York City, and I got to see for the first time I can't believe it in my life the Empire State Building. It was magnificent. It was built a few months after the stock market crashed. So it, it began to be built in 1930. And daily, something like almost 3,700 workers without any, any safety equipment that we have today basically built this enormous, amazing uh, framework of a building. Uh, just amazing. And I was in awe of the beauty, the grit, uh, the sweat equity that that was imposed uh, willingly by these uh, gentlemen, mostly mostly gentlemen, um, building this magnificent building. And there was an analogy to me of OA. You know, after I accepted early on steps one, two, and three, I began the lifelong journey of fellowship. I mean, I can go anywhere in any country. I can. Zoom, I can call, and I am connected to the framework of this marvelous, marvelous 12-step program. There's such a beauty of fellowship. Eventually, I was given the gift of abstinence, and uh, it wasn't through my sweat equity, although I certainly showed up, but it was through faith, things that I, faith is, I believe, the definition of, of things not seen. And so I had to go on faith that at some point, the God of my understanding would lead me to a place of peace, um, and and he did, my God did, and here I am, you know, um, willing to work the program, in awe of all of all of the people who show up, uh, and those behind the scenes, and and I'm just grateful that I can see, um, you know, beauty in even in my illness and disease and my pain through the years, how it led me to a place and to a path called 12 Steps and to OA. So I just wanted to thank you for service and for everyone on the line. Uh, don't give up till the miracle happens. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Eileen D. is in David. Thank you for your share. Um, so before I take another list of names, just to remind everybody where we are this morning, we are on page 48 of the big book in the chapter we agnostics and we're on the fourth paragraph that begins the prosaic steel girder we have read that one paragraph and are sharing on that one paragraph and who else would like to share this morning jennifer a.h larry g 
I got Jennifer A.H. I missed somebody. I had Larry, Devorah. Okay, so I had Jennifer A.H., Larry, Devorah S., and it seemed like there was somebody else. Adriana T. Uh, heard Adriana and there's somebody else. <laughs> K L K. Okay. K L Adriana. Davelin E. Davelin E. Okay. Let's stop there. Um, and if you all will um, be sure and give me your the first initial of your last name when you share. I have Jennifer A H, Larry, Devorah S, K L, Adriana. And Devell, I think. So y'all can correct me. But Jennifer A.H., please share with us. Good morning. This is Jennifer A.H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. And um, for me, the, the, I always thought there was something out there, but it was never personal to me. So the biggest change for me coming to OA was to develop a relationship with this higher power that I thought was kind of out there and impersonal and um you know, didn't really care what happened to me on a day-to-day basis. And what I have found is that the opposite is true, you know, that that God, higher power, wants to have a relationship with me, loves to have a relationship with me. Somebody in the program talks about if we turn towards him, he will run towards us. Or, and, um, and I have found that to be true. And I haven't found it to be true in fireworks or great big bangs or anything like that. But in subtle, well... Not being able, being able to put down the food and not having any desire to pick it up is a miracle. But the day-to-day stuff of just when I do what this program says, when I, when I do 10, 11, and 12, when I turn things over, when I remember to turn things over because I'm not really good at doing it in the moment, um, but at some point during my day, you know, this stuff works. I do have this relationship, and it's not like I, I don't get this verbal whatever, but all of a sudden things are going according to some plan, not not often not mine, but just things are going smoothly, things are going better, and they work out. And, um, you know, when I, without OA, I was a good churchgoer, and I did all those things, but there wasn't this real good personal connection. It's only through these steps that I have come to believe um, more and more in a personal God, and um, that just wants to be there and loves me and help me. And for that, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer H. And Larry, um, you're up. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Devorah S. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Larry G. And I'm from California. I had to speak up about this. Uh, You know, I'm no longer in the convincing game. I'm not trying to convince anybody about anything. Um, I respect people's opinion and their their choice to choose how they believe. But but when, I'm, when we're talking about this, I don't believe in God. I do not believe in God. I know there's a God. I believe, belief is only halfway there. I know there's a God, and thank God, Bill W. wrote about this in 11th Step, because it's through my sixth sense that I know there's a God. If I shut the machinery off of my head and just listen... There's a quiet, loving voice that guides me. Now, you're going to say, well, Larry, if you know there's a God, why are you here? Why, why did you surrender and were dying from this, this disease in May of last year? Uh, that's a good question because uh, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. I gave myself to God. I am in Debtors Anonymous. I gave myself to God, and I'm in a, like a 
program that is like ACA, and I gave myself to God. When it came to Overuse Anonymous for 26 years, there's no way in hell I was going to give my food up to anybody, not even God. I wanted all the benefits that God could deliver, but I didn't want to give my food up to God. And on May 17th, I was beaten into a pulp. Um, I, I was prostrate on the ground. I was begging God either to take me or to remo- take this disease away from me. And I made a phone call to somebody that I never knew before, just heard speak at a convention, didn't know she was in visions, and she became my Ebby, said, get on this uh, recording. I did, and it was like the scales of my eyes fell off. And for the first time, I, I gave it up. And I said to God, if you, you know, I renunciate everything. If you want me to give everything of my life, I give it up. I'm just, I just need some peace around food. Uh, and so today, Easter, last Easter, I went to bed sick as a dog because I was eating cake and candy and ice cream from the moment I walked up, woke up. Uh, my wife put together 50 plastic eggs with jelly beans in her. I probably ate half of them. You know, I put out 50 eggs this Sunday. There were still six uh, of two dozen cookies. There's still a dozen. And there's still half a cake that my wife uh, is a principal. She took to school. Um, if that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. And I'll end with this. Um, a very spiritual man told me, if you want to know God, study the saints. And I've been studying the saints for about 10 years now. Uh, these are like Christ-like men and women from all religions. And they've taught me um, some universal principles that, I, that work. Um, so anyway, um, I'm here today by the grace of God. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Larry G. And Devorah S., you're up, followed by K.L. Hey, good morning, everyone, uh, and thank you, Lisa, and everyone who makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, there's a line here, we have no reason to doubt it. I know that when, I know they're talking about the prosaic steel girder, which I have no idea what that's about. But you know what? I don't go into, exp- I, I don't need to hear explanations as why it's working, or the same reason why I don't have to know why my electricity in my house works, or my GPS works. I just take it on that, you know, they tell me this is what's going to happen, and, you know, it works. You try it, it works, so do it. Um, And um, the same thing here, you know, yes, I had a God in my life. I grew up with a God. I went to school. I learned all about God, and I learned about the wonderful, uh, miraculous things that God did for for me, um, but was I using that God in my life on a daily basis? And honestly, I could say that, you know, that's where I'm agnostic. Um, you know, I was running the show. I made sure, you know, I had, I had all the answers. And today I'm learning, you know, after being in program all these years and, and working, you know, living in 10, 11, and 12, I'm learning that, you know, to surrender more, to surrender even more. I don't have to know all the answers. And I don't have to know the who, the what, the why, and the how. All I know is that it works. Once I give up my life and my will and, and I surrender to my higher power, that's enough. That is enough. I don't have to know when. I don't have to know why. 
I just have to know that I'm, I'm surrendered and I'm letting God take over, letting God, my higher power just lead me and show me that he's there for me. And what, what does God want from me today? Honestly, God wants me for me today is to get out of myself and to be there for other people and to, and to get just to show up and to be loving, kind, and, and accepting and tolerant to others. That's all God wants for me today. That is living a spiritual life. And when I do that, follow with, you know, keep my, and keeping my food down, of course, then, you know, God is leading me. I have, I have a path to God and, 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 and to living the way that God wants me to live. And uh, really grateful because all my years of education, you know, I'm getting it now. After so many years, many, many years later, I'm 62 years old, and I'm getting it right now, of just, just surrendering, just surrendering and, and, and going with the flow. Um, and I'm really, really grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. And Adriana, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name. You're, oh, excuse me, wait, KL. Sorry, didn't mean to skip you, K. KL, um, you're up, followed by Adriana. Hello, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Um, morning. My name is KL from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And what this section says to me as a relative newcomer who is trying to understand this book and understand the program is basically says to me that there have been debates about whether creation was started because of science or of God or some creative, you know, some creative intelligence. However, none of this matters. The debate itself is negligible. And we spend useless time debating this over and over. And again, it's neither here nor there. If we believe in science, it is faith, it is belief. If we believe in God, it is faith, it is belief. It does not matter what we believe, as long as we believe in a power greater than ourselves, something that we understand, and that's it. That's what I understood from this section. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, KL. And Adriana, you're up, followed by Devlin E. Hi, this is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. Thank you, everybody, for your service and everyone here at this meeting. Um, Yeah, so when I was thinking about this paragraph, I was thinking about how, you know, what is the context of this whole chapter? And uh, when I get to this chapter and when I got to this chapter and working the steps, like where did I come from? And um, I kind of like to think about it in that perspective because, you know, I'm really coming from a place where the first four chapters or so of step one, like, beat me down to like, okay, I'm powerless, my ways are not working, Um, you know, I'm in like a very hopeless state. And so um, here at step two, it's like, Bill is trying to get us to get that we have to believe in something greater than ourselves, or we're pretty much screwed. And, uh, you know, to me that, like, I don't even know if it's spiritual kindergarten. I think it's like spiritual preschool. You know, I mean, it's the very basic of the spiritual life is that to accept that I'm not the end-all, be-all. And, like, in the next paragraph coming up, like, I'm not the alpha and the omega here. 
And I think it takes a lot of humility um, for me to surrender, you know, and kind of let that go. And basically, I know in my life today that if I don't continue to surrender, then, um, you know, I'm going to get knocked over again and again, you know, repeated humiliations. Uh, It talks about in the 12 and 12. And that's what it takes a lot of us to get to this point of it's not all about me. And um, when I went through the steps and as I continued to live in 10, 11, and 12, um, my conception of God is expanding and as it should, like I can't, I can't live on, um, you know, week one of abstinence spirituality. Like I have to continue to expand and, you know, after going through all the steps and continuing to surrender myself and put others first and see God's miracles, I I almost have to want to know what God wants from me and how I can even live a better life. Um, I know for me, the only way I can stay recovered is to continue to ask that question. How can I better know you, God, and how can I better live this life that you've given me in service to others and to you? Um, That's something that's naturally sprung from working these steps. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of been my experience in the battle past thing. Thank you, Adriana T. And Davilyn E., please share with us. Good morning. My name is Davilyn E., and I am living gratefully and joyfully in recovery in Winnipeg, Canada. This morning, as I read in this book and listen to all the shares, I realize that all these words, doubt, proof, belief, explain, all these words are basically irrelevant to me. What I know, my reality, is that when I followed the directions in this book, and as stated by a fellow a few minutes ago, live in steps 10, 11, and 12, My daily life is full of miracles. I have a healthy body, a mind that doesn't constantly whirl in anxiety, and I have a feeling of lightness and joy all day, no matter what happens in my day. And lots of crap happens in my day like everyone else's. And this is all I need. This is all the proof I need to know that this program works, that I am in the right place. And with that, I will pass. Thank you all for your service. Thank you, Davlin E. Um, And again, we are on page 48, the fourth paragraph, beginning the prosaic steel girder. And it looks like we have time for probably two more shares, maybe three. Who else would like to share? Pete B. Pete B. Chris M. Chris M. Somebody V. Say that again. Katie. 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 All right. Sounds great. Pete B. Chris M. Katie B. Pete B. Please share with us. Thank you, moderator. Pete B. Compulsive Overeater Recovered Today by God's Grace and Mercy in Pennsylvania. You know, I heard a lot of great shares. I I always, you know, early on in reading this chapter, I always used to think of, you know, what's, what's what's the elegant, you know, charismatic way I'm going to present this information so that the, the, the person who's unwilling is finally going to become willing, right? Like what are the magic words 
that Pete B is going to share with the group. So now that the people with a closed mind, right, and a closed heart are going to finally open up. And you know what? The fact of the matter is, you know, and I've shared this many times, is there's no, you know, if you're if you're in the food with this book in your hand and studying and hoping that somebody's going to convince you to open up your mind to become willing to believe in the power of greater yourself that can restore you to sanity. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that you're, we're, we're, you're fooling yourself, right? Because when, with, the, with, the subst- with the alcoholic substances in the, in, in the sufferer, there's no reasoning. There's no rationale, right? What they're doing here is they're, they're trying to whittle away at the rationale and the obstinacy of the person who has put the substances down and has come to the conclusion based upon what they read that they are beyond human power, that they have no effective mental defense, that they essentially are hopeless, right? And that's what that, that's where we're, we're supposed to be at this point, right? We, we're, not, we're, we're, we're not supposed to be dishing out hope here, right? We're supposed to be dishing out, look, you know, left to your own devices or our devices, you are in a hopeless position. But if the food ain't down, you're, we, we're not going to convince somebody by our elegance and our stories and our analogies and our, you know, sophisticated experiences that this is what they need to do. The fact of the matter is, is when the substance is in us, when the substance has entered our body, there's no rationale. There's no, there, there's, there, there's nothing that's going to convince somebody, not, you know, put it down. This is it, Right. I took, you know, I got my beatings from Dunkin' Donuts and Ben and & Jerry's and Lay's potato chips, right? That's what finally convinced me that I needed to find a power greater than myself, right? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the stories. It wasn't the, it wasn't the fellowship that convinced me of that. But what, what's happening right here, like I said, is like we're trying to whittle down that, that wall that the person who's recently put the food down and reluctant to keep going, to just try to convince them that, hey, look, just give it a shot. Open up your mind just a little bit because it's all it takes. Open it up just to crack and start with this process. You know, I, I, sometimes I, think, I, I just realized the other day why they call this all, the, why they call it program, because to a certain degree, we start embracing these sayings, embracing these things, and embracing these stories like it's getting programmed into our mind. And I don't believe that that's how the creator would have it be. Right? We, we, we talk about things like everybody knows what we're talking about. Right? Like we need to slow it down, be clear about what we're articulating and communicating to the sufferer so that they can too recover. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. And Chris M. and KDB, if you each have about two minutes. Chris M., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Chris M., recovered and calling from New York. Um, I, you know, I really love what was just shared because that's been another, like, point of humility for me that I, you know, I, think, I thought as a sponsor that it was my responsibility to, you know, through my, you know, words and, and my experiences, I was going to help someone, um, you know, find this power greater than themselves. And maybe maybe I would, you know, who knows. But um, that's not my job. And 
that was crushing to me because I want to help people. I want people to, you know, get recovered. But um, that was a great lesson for me. It was a painful lesson with a couple of sponsors. And then I realized I had to do my own seeking, and I had to have my own pain for all my life. You know, I've been seeking God all my life since I was a child. You know, going to Catholic school and, uh, you know, just really loving, uh, you know, the God that was presented to me there. Um, But then getting confused because the words didn't jive with the actions of the nuns and the whole structure, and it was scary. And I was like, well, this is confusing. I don't get this God, you know, this idea of God. And then college, you know, being agnostic for a little bit and then getting into OA in my early 20s and coming back around being introduced to higher power and, and, and picking my own version of that. And it, it's been a lifelong um, journey of seeking. And I've studied Wicca. I've studied New Age. I met Marianne Pearson from, you know, Course in Miracles. I read all kinds of stuff in the 80s, and it was fashionable to do that, all the 80s and 90s, and finally got back to a Christian church that I could relate to, I could relate. Time. But, thank you, even all that didn't cure me or didn't relieve me, I should say, of my compulsion, it's developing my own personal relationship, and and all of that played into it, and um, it's just a great, it's just a great, it's a great journey. Thank you, my dad. Thank you, Chris M. And KDB, you've got two minutes. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody at KDB, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so grateful to be sharing this morning. Um, yeah, amazing shares today, of course, as always. And uh, just reminded me of something. Um, when I came in, I, I thought it was impossible that there could be anything more powerful than me. Right. Like <laughs> I came in and, um, you know, what, what was anyone going to tell me about, about losing weight or being kind or whatever, you know, like I know how to do these things. I came in losing 200 pounds outside of the rooms and, and slowly going back up the scale when I came in. Um, and, you know, thinking this is all about the weight and me being a good person and, you know, uh, my morals and my values, whatever. And and me and God, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you do the thing that I want you to do and I'll come when I have a problem. Um, and, you know, just sit over there in the corner until I'm ready. Um, and, uh, and that really didn't work for me uh, because I, I came into program and I couldn't put the food down. Uh, and until I was beaten into submission by it, you know, I was beaten into submission by Grubhub. Um, I uh, I really wasn't going, you know, anywhere until I until I got humbled that, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And it was that simple. You know, it was just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. And I had a sponsor who said, God is just divine love. And I said, oh, I can I can get down with that. And uh, and she said, it's probably the most like loving and gentle thought that you have. That is the one from God. So I started listening for that, that thought, that voice. And, um, and slowly just things started to change. I don't know what happened, but suddenly it was like God was everywhere. And I, I couldn't see anything that wasn't God. 
and uh, and I don't really need to know further than that. You know, it's like people are like, why am I a compulsive overeater? Why do I have this disease? It doesn't really matter why, you know. It doesn't matter to me what it is today. I really don't. People ask me what my conception of God is, and I'm like, I don't know. But I know that it Hi. loves me. Thank you. I'll pass. Um, thanks all you guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Katie B. And thank you to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, April the 7th, 2021, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,718. That's 16718. And we'll now close with the reading from the big book on one pa- on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. My pleasure and my honor. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey, of course. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.